Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Hello and welcome to Phoenix Business Radio, broadcasting live from the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Center right here in Tempe, Arizona, where we help build businesses and connect you with the right people. And I find myself behind the production board uh, more lately these days, so it's a little interesting for me to be sitting here pressing all the buttons, making sure everything's going, and also being a host of a show. And with that, I'm happy to introduce you to my friend for a second time, Dennis Gale. We're going to have a conversation about his company called The Inlier. And Dennis is the founder, and it's all around interpersonal growth. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Well, that, is that how you phrase it? Sure. However, uh, yeah. tell uh, us a little bit about InLiar. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on again. The first conversation was fun and beautiful, and I know this one will be too, so it's a pleasure to be here. InLiar is it's an interesting thing. Yeah. Uh, it came out of my own self-work, and really what it is is uh, sort of the brass taxes. It's a six-week program that I put together specifically for men to uh, explore their self-knowing. And we know what outliers are. That one's easy. Uh, we both, I think, consider ourselves outliers in certain spaces. And But the inliers, what the term actually means is it's things in a data set that should make sense that don't particularly fit in the data the right way. Hmm. And so when if you were to look at a data graph of an inlier, there would be these points sort of along the middle uh, being the inlier set section, and and yet there's also these sort of stragglers and things, and and so when I was researching different words and terms, uh, obviously being in branding, I love the the story behind the story always, and so I was researching different terms and words and things of, of how I wanted to convey what this really is. And I came across the word inlier because I was looking for the opposite of outlier. And I didn't even know the word inlier existed. Mm-hmm. And what seems to make sense if we're thinking about men and, and the data points of what we are, we should be, I don't know the equals fair, but we should be vulnerable and transparent and authentic and have integrity and be willing and be intentional. We should be those things. And yet if you put, if you did a a, a study of, men and how they behave, we don't always do that. Hmm. And so the inliers should be these things. And so that's really my pursuit is to to walk with men into this initial section of what actually am I? I've been told by my parents, I've been told by partners, I've been told by friends that I'm all these different things, that I'm broken in certain ways and that I don't make sense. And, you know, my own personal story is is pretty aggressive in that way. The things that I was told growing up and things I've heard from friends and partners, and you start to believe what people say about you. And it's not until you have the right information in front of you that I think you're able to to turn the mirror a little bit away from what people are saying about you and turn it to what you're saying about yourself. And so the process of inliers that I use four different social sciences or personality typing systems that have nothing to do with one another. They're totally independent of one another. And so I use four different tests and I help men understand by diving into and and observing what those results are, where they line up. And these similar points of this test said that, and so did this test, and they have nothing to do with one another. And so this is probably something that you should learn to believe about yourself. 
in who you are, how you operate, how you show up in the world, and how you engage with humans. So a few minutes ago, you said, you know, we have all this influence and this input from the world around us growing up. And then when we get the right information, then then we can really stand in the presence of who we are. These tests that you mentioned, these assessments, mm-hmm. is that helping some lay out the right information? Like, I'm curious, what is the right information? Yeah, that's a great question. And let me be clear on the words I'm saying. Right is subjective. Okay. What I, what I would say is clear information, maybe, you know, removing some of the, when water's murky, filtering that out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so uh, one of the guys who's gone through the program, his name is Russ, and he says, he uses a phrase called read my mail. How does this read my mail? How does me answering 144 questions on one test and then just entering the day, time, place I was born on another, how do they say the same thing about me? And so it it really is eye-opening for men to be walked through these these tests. And the way that I, I've created a 26-page guidebook is what I call it, that includes not just their information from the tests, but the total information that you could find in these personality typing systems so that they not only have the ability to learn more about themselves, but they can be curious about their partners or their friends or their kids or whatever. I've had him take some of the the tests and him being my son who's in the corner. Say, Sorry. For those of us in the studio, we know who <laughs> him is <laughs> and he's smiling <laughs> as he's on his phone. I love it. We're glad he's here today. Um, uh, and so he's taken it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As a fourth grader. Yeah. Why? Why would you do it so early? So that I can understand him better. Yeah. And, so that yeah. he can understand himself better. So that I think one thing that I've had to learn the hard way being a parent is that I parented him the way that I was parented. Same. And the things that frustrate me the most about him are the things that were frustrating about me mm-hmm. or things that I just choose to be frustrated about myself. And so it really has helped me to to parent my son better. It's helped me to be a more kind and thoughtful friend, a more kind and thoughtful uh, parent, a more gracious person in the world. I don't hold judgment very well these days. I used to being a pastor for a long time and and being sort of inundated in evangelicalism. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a word. Um <laughs> but I, I was so immersed in in having to judge people because they were either in or out or right or wrong or good or bad that I've lost the the need or or sometimes even the ability to be judgmental. And I just hold people with open hands. And I don't always like what I find in people. Like that I can't pretend that I I enjoy everything about everyone, but it's helped me to be a better human and in my seat, a better man in the ways that I used to struggle with and will continue to evolve into. Uh, I know that there's no, there's no healed person. We're all just on a journey of self-knowing. I have a, a belief that self-knowing leads to self-empathy, which leads to self-intimacy, which leads to self-mastery when, as we continue down this path. And to master anything means you still fail and fall short sometimes. But LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, they still miss shots. Mm -hmm. They're incredible at what they did on a basketball court. And yet they still missed. And I think that's, that's part of the journey. Absolutely. That's kind of (laughs) what I'm coming into 2020, 2024 with. I just realized maybe six to eight weeks ago that part of what's kept me moving slower in 2023 than where I've been in the past is this 
this insatiable need to do things right the first time and mm. do the, whatever right is <laughs> and do it well. And I gave myself very little room to make mistakes. Mm. And therefore, I didn't do a lot because I got stuck. And sure. gosh, if I can't do this perfect out the gate, I'm just not going to do it. Not mm -hmm. that wasn't necessarily how it was articulating back here mm -hmm. in my brain and in my heart. But now looking back at 2023 as a reflect on the year, I'm like, oh, wow, that's what I did. I mm -hmm. kept myself from the, uh, being willing to make mistakes along the way. You know, mm -hmm. and so uh, yeah, I love that we're having this conversation right at the cusp of the, the turn of the year. Yeah, how long have you been developing these sorts of tools and and this work? You mentioned you're you are a pastor, so maybe tell us, maybe walk us backwards or or start from the beginning and, and get us caught up to why you and how did you come to to find that this is your life's work? I'll Tarantino the story a little bit. I'll sort of uh, Frankenstein it and put it back together. This this came out of my own need. Every tool that I've ever developed came out of my own need. In 2012, me and a couple friends created an app called Vulnerable. And it essentially was an anonymous platform, it's like a social media type platform, but it was fully anonymous. You couldn't message people, you couldn't comment, you could simply say, I understand, or I'm sorry, or good for you. But you couldn't troll people, you couldn't communicate. And so it really was a safe place for people to unravel if they chose to. And I created that because I needed it. A few years ago, I created a tool called 52 Card Pick Me Up and uh, Pick Me Up Journal. I created those because I needed more ways to start finding myself. In the same way, Inlier was birthed out of me still feeling like, what am I? And why can't I figure it out? And so I brought all these personality typing systems that I did together and I, I analyzed each one. And I was like, okay. I can at least rest every day in these core things about me. Mm -hmm. And so my childhood was not lovely. I was called all sorts of names a lot of the time. My parents had their own struggles with alcohol and drugs and things. And, you know, those things lead to certain types of abuse and certain, you know, adult decisions that aren't great for kids. And so I grew up being very confused about what I was. I jumped quickly into the church because the idea that something loved me regardless was very attractive to me. And I just immersed myself in what that meant to be a leader in the church, be it as a traveling speaker or be it as a pastor on stage or be it as whatever I, I acted as in those times. And still I was misunderstood. I was tattooed then still and, you know, I had big holes in my ears and I was the cussing pastor. <laughs> and so I still had this outlier misunderstood sort of thing where people are like, why don't you act this way? Why are you like this? Even in my work life, why can't, I mean, I've had a thousand jobs, but I love that. I love the experience of continuing to learn and trying new things. And people would always say like, why can't you just be the guy that has a job for 10 years? I don't know. That was well, my daughter not too long ago, maybe five years ago, came into my office and I was struggling and financials were tough and finances were tough. She's like, why can't you just get a job like everybody else? Mm -hmm. And I looked at her and I said, that's a really great question. I wish I could do that. Mm -hmm. My soul would die <laughs> mm -hmm. if I did that. And so we're just going to have to stick it out. And she's one of my greatest fans now and has this incredible entrepreneurial spirit and really is standing in the power of who she is as a young 27-year-old woman. That's awesome. Even though she's witnessed this really difficult journey mm -hmm. into being passionate and loving what I do and not having finances be everything about who I am. Mm. Yeah, that's beautiful to hear that the one of the closest people to you saw it as maybe a flaw 
mm-hmm. and now that's been able to shift. And the real power is is when we recognize that it's not a flaw, right? And so I know the things about me that make me different, unique. I know the things about me that people look at and go, why, why does he do that? And there's some of my superpowers. It, it's the reason why I am what I am in the world, good, bad, or indifferent. Um, but it, so I immersed myself in, in that church sort of setting and still felt misunderstood and then went through separation and divorce with my ex-wife and was really, really lost. I had a lot of shame and a lot of guilt and a lot of those, those things that I think are some of the parts that kill men the most is that shame and that guilt. And, and we don't always know what to do with it. We don't know where to, to release it. I have an analogy that I use called the dance with shame. And when we first do something, we're the leader of the dance. We do something shameful, whether it's at 15 years old or 45 years old or whenever it is. And we're initially in control of that dance. We're leading. And then one day, shame takes the leadership position of the dance, and we never know when that day happens. Mm-hmm. And from that day forward, it's a very hard dance to to escape. Mm-hmm. And I found myself stuck in that dance. So I started going to therapy. I did a, a type of therapy called EMDR, and that led me into asking, as I was healing, I was still curious of what I am. And some of this started with me sitting in my bathtub, the shower running, which is one of my safe places, mm-hmm. and trying to say the words, Dennis Allen Gable Jr., I love you. Even trying to say it today is challenging. You know what I mean? It's like, those words are so hard to say sometimes. And it, and at that point, it took me 30 minutes sitting on my bathtub floor trying to say, I love you to myself. And I finally was able to, and it, it felt great. And I cried and it was, uh, you know, a really beautiful release and moment. And, and then I just became obsessed with trying to figure out what I was. And some of this I take personally, and I think we all do, but like, why did my parents treat me that way? Why did my marriage not work? Why am I struggling financially? Why does the job, why did, you know, we can ask ourselves all those questions. And I was just hell bent on figuring out who, what, what I am as, as a, a, a unique individual being. And so that journey continues and healing is never what we think it is. Healing is one of the weirdest journeys of all time. And then you end up stuck in the matrix where you can't stop. Mm-hmm. And and that's where I am now. I mean, I'm so deep into the matrix. I took the blue pill or red pill or whatever color pill I was supposed to take. And, and I'm stuck in the matrix of trying to get better. And so in that, my passion for people and specifically my passion for men has led itself to me trying to create something that doesn't exist because I needed it. And if I need it, men probably need it too. The hardest part is being willing to admit that we need it. Mm-hmm. at whatever part of our journey we're in. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with that. And I've been known to admit <laughs> those areas of unrest and dis-ease frequently the last maybe seven years. Mm-hmm. I know that you show up in the world the same. Mm-hmm. And I think we both have found people gravitate towards that because we are real. We're authentic. I don't want to use words that are very cliche these days. However, some of them are very fitting. Mm -hmm. Um, And people will come and learn alongside us, even though we don't have all the answers. Mm -hmm. Why 
so I, I've come to know that there's moments where I felt like I was a fraud and, and that, you know, gosh, I got to wait till I'm perfect. Like many of you mentioned this in 2023 as it relates to business radio X, I got to wait till I got it all figured out before I offer this service or this, mm. this opportunity. And if we sit around and wait, <laughs> we're sitting around and waiting. When you work with men, what is some of the greatest ahas that you find that they discover, they articulate back to you? And, 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 and in that you're like quietly going, this is what you came for, my friend. What is that? Our first meeting through InLiers in Intake, it's a get to know, uh, I want to hear your story. I want to hear where you felt misunderstood, you know, all those things. And what comes out of that is I write personalized affirmations um, that speak directly to the story that you just told me. And some of the most powerful stuff has been in just simply those affirmations at first. And my ability to sit and listen and then respond back with, here's some, just say these words to yourself every morning for the next six weeks. And those have been a bit jarring, I think, because men initially want to argue with things that are hard. <laughs> we we want to fight against that a little. And so that, that's been a big moment where I get the response of like, why did you tell me this? Because I heard it in your story. Mm-hmm. Um, and then moving forward into, into the, the articulation of the outcome of the tests and things, it's when I'm, when I'm saying you may be like this and they're going, Oh, I am like that. And they, and, and there's this almost silent sigh of relief that they feel seen finally. Mm-hmm. And, and it doesn't have to even be me that's seeing them. It's the, the culmination of the test and me and us at, at, at the same time. And, that silent sigh of relief of of just knowing that they're seen is one of the most beautiful things to witness. And it's not the most obvious response. Mm-hmm. Like it's not the loudest thing that's said, but it's it's certainly it's the thing that allows me to to continue finding the passion that I have, even in my own struggles and in my own life that, you know, I have my own life. And giving to other people can it gets exhausting. And so if you don't have those those moments of beauty that keep the passion flamed, then it you start to get bored or resentful of yourself or the work or the people or something. And it's those those silent sighs that that really move me. Mm-hmm. The Inlier program right now is how many weeks again? Six. Six weeks. And is this one-on-one right now? Do you intend to to expand so that it's group? How does it work uh, with, you know, with a client and with someone who's going through the program with you? Yeah, uh, it's one-on-one. It will probably remain one-on-one forever because I think the nature of the work means it has to. Mm-hmm. And I would hate to shortcut those aha moments, those, those sighs of relief mm-hmm. by including other people. I do look to expand to creating a men's club of sorts where mm-hmm. Men can just have a space that we get together. It's not focused around a religious group or it's not focused around making money. It's not focused around being manly, you know, shooting things. And not not that any of those things are inherently bad, but really just allowing men to exist and creating a safe place is one of the next ventures that that I hope to expand this into. But but for now, the work is it's just one on one. We have a, a group chat in WhatsApp called the Real Talk Men's Club, and there's like 30 guys in there. There's some guys that just sit and read and listen. They haven't even said a word. And then there's some men that are very conversational and, and you know, keep it going. And But 
that's just one arm of of the passion for me mm-hmm. is seeing men be willing fires me up because so many men are unwilling or seemingly unwilling to admit that they need other men that they need other people that they need support that they need to face their own demons or their shame or their struggle mm-hmm. we just want to sit and go nope i'm big and strong and handsome and i can handle it right until I think there's an until, mm-hmm. at least my experience in working with men and even just having men in my life, that posturing until something happens, mm-hmm. either a crisis with a child or in the relationship or at work or money struggles or something like that, where the very fiber of of how somebody has represented themselves, that there's a crack in it. Mm-hmm. And and then they have to look inward. That, that's been my experience and my mm-hmm. witnessing. Would you... Would you say it's different for you? No. What that thing is, uh, is very unique. For everybody. For everybody. So I don't think about that piece often, if I'm, if I'm being fair. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just try my best to be the example of what I believe we need to be, mm-hmm. which is why I show up in the world very vocal and very vulnerable. And, and I'm willing to share my struggles and my downfalls. And, you know, there's not a single skeleton left in my closet that I haven't said publicly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that's very freeing. Yeah. And, and that's certainly a place that men have the ability to start is just by allowing somebody else to, to get a, a peek behind the veil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and the reason why I I ask about um that that tipping point or that turning point for men is for our listeners and our viewers, for folks who don't know you mm-hmm. yet and and aren't familiar with your story and how you show up in the world. If they're listening and they're thinking, well, this isn't this isn't for me, because I'm gonna continue posturing and have my vest on and my cape on or whatever that is, mm-hmm. um, I want them to I want to encourage them to listen from a place of do I feel like something's missing in my life? Do I feel like I could offer more? Like, what is that that yearning mm. that you know that that the men in your circle have come come with? Mm. What is that? Yeah, I know it's different for everybody, but mm-hmm. what are some examples? Feeling stuck, continuing to look at yourself and and asking, why am I like this? You know, I think to your point, failed relationships, crisis, loss, uh, those things certainly exaggerate that feeling. And if I could encourage men to do anything, stop exhausting ourselves by having to pretend all the time. We don't have to be all the things that machismo would suggest we have to be. You know, I think masculinity is an interesting word. And I prefer to talk about humans in in terms of their, their scale or their spectrum of competitive and compassionate. Mm-hmm. And we need both. Mm-hmm. And so a high competitive and compassionate lies outside of gender. There are certainly humans that aren't men that are far more competitive than me. But I, I think we protect our view of our masculinity by putting things in front of it. I make this amount of money. I drive this car. I have this house. I have this partner. I, we always have a trophy of some sort. And it's challenging for us to let all of the trophies just sit on a shelf and allow ourselves to be the, the prize, allow ourselves to be the gift. Because then we, when there's a crack in the armor, all of the view is on us right. and not our things. And so that willingness um, 
is profound when when men are willing to get there when they choose that they're they're just tired of being tired mm-hmm. or they're sick of being stuck or they're exhausted by all of these other factors running running their their identity mm-hmm. yeah i have a couple of men closest to me who've recently said um you know i've i've lived a good life they're in their 50s and I give back to the community. I'm a great dad. I've been through some relationship failures, but now I'm on the right track with with my relationships. And I feel like there's something more. I don't know what my purpose is in life, even though I look through the lens of a friend and think, my gosh, I see all this evidence of how amazing you are. Mm-hmm. And yet, and even I do that. People people reflect back to me all the time. Oh my gosh, you're so vulnerable and so giving and, and so wise. And I'm thinking, well, <laughs> I think it's because I'm vulnerable. And, and so my, my question or my thought is, when someone is yearning to learn more about themselves, this is the perfect opportunity, this inlier program. Mm. And it's an introduction or a deeper dive into that, that personal growth work. Mm-hmm. Why, why does that matter ultimately for people? Why is it so important for people to take themselves on this journey with or without a guide? Yeah, that's the million-dollar question. Because I, I have people in my life who are not interested sure. in, in opening the door and going down that road in, in any part of it. And I have other people in my life that are like, give me more. The reason I think it matters is, is regardless of what somebody believes about how we got here, what happens when we're not, we're doing this life right now. And we have a lot of evidence and data as we observe the world that people just aren't satisfied with what they are. And when we're not satisfied with what we are, we have a hard time sleeping and we don't take care of our bodies. And we, you know, hold these traumas and these experiences inside, which leads to disease and it leads to other things. And so this, this initial work of self-knowing really opens the door to a freedom that is very hard to explain. Mm -hmm. I sleep like a baby. And I haven't always, you know, and I have my days of anxiety and I have my days of, of feeling depressed and I have my days of overwhelm and, and frustration. And I'm very human in that way. I think it's one of the things that I judge myself on, but that I also think is a, a great value mm-hmm. is I'm always willing to be the first one to admit that I had a hard day because I know somebody else's as well. And so those feelings of of not having a certain level of peace and understanding about what I am or what you are drives so many other things. And that's why this work is so important for people to, to start down. And I wouldn't suggest that people do it the way that I do. I think I'm relatively self-deprecating insofar as I'm constantly trying to find something to fix about myself. One more thing, you know, the, it's like 1% better. But sometimes I have to dig into the dirt to find something that I think is broken to then go try to fix it. So I I wouldn't even suggest that people go about this the way that I do, but do some of it. Find that sense of inner peace. Mm -hmm. Find, Find the way to sleep at night. Find a way to look at yourself, your physical body and your emotional body, and like what you see. That was a real challenge for me. To tell myself I love myself, to give myself this space where... I've evolved that statement over time where Dennis Allen Gable Jr., I love you. You are more than enough. You are not too much. 
And then I add to your creativity has value. Your vulnerability is a safe place for people. Whatever those things are that I need mm-hmm. to choose to believe that day. And peace is probably the best word that I can use as to why I think this journey matters. And and the, the, the safe part about inlier is that it's, I'm not trying to fix your problem. I'm not trying to fix your life. I'm trying to give you a very clear piece of glass to look into mm-hmm. that shows you your truest self back. And then there are potentially other steps to take. Other programs, other coaches, other therapists, other, you know, I think the world becomes a lot more open when we see ourselves clearly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how do people <laughs> find you and start to do this work with you? That's that thinks that's a burning question. We have such light conversations, don't we? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Inlier can be found at inlier.xyz or denisgable.com slash inlier. The accessibility is very easy, I think. Uh, the way that I've, I've laid it out makes it, the lift is not very heavy. And so, you know, the initial overwhelm of like, I don't want to commit. I don't mm-hmm. want to, uh, I don't, I don't, uh, it, it's really not that heavy of a thing. I have open hands and an open heart. And uh, I much prefer to call myself a guide because I feel like that's what I do. As we journey through life, I'm just showing you another open door mm-hmm. and allowing you to see another grand monument about yourself that maybe other people didn't see or or maybe that was was missed. And so I talk a lot about this work that I do on social media. Uh, Instagram is, you know, my favorite social media platform. and But access to the program can be through the site. Mm-hmm. What's the greatest hope for somebody that um, would come and, and do in liar with you? That they'd be kind to themselves when it's all said and done. You know, that, uh, that they would allow the other voices to become softer. And that they would allow their inner voice to become louder. That, that inner voice of self-loving, self-knowing, self-appreciation. The, the inner voice of worthiness. Um, and and worth as a human, um, and that we would dismiss more often the you're worthless, you're stupid, you're dumb, you're ugly, you're you know whatever the things are that people have told us our whole lives. That those voices would would get softer. Mm-hmm. For our listeners who are high functioning men, <laughs> and and the the income is there, and the relationship is there, this may not sound like something that they they need or are seeking. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I've had conversations with high performers and people who in many areas of their life have really got it together. Mm-hmm. Men specifically, we have a lot of men come through the studio for business related interviews. Mm-hmm. They've got it dialed in and yet they are continuing to be curious about themselves, mm-hmm. searching and looking for a community mm-hmm. <laughs> to really be themselves and those learning opportunities. So what a great thing that through the inlier, you've taken the things that you've created and that you've used. So mm-hmm. it's a combination, right, of of assessments that are already out there and things that you've created yourself mm-hmm. to make it uh, not necessarily easier, but more streamlined for people in their journey. I yes. think that's what I'm hearing, right? Because people, yes, could they go do this work themselves? Of course they can. However, for those of us who've gone before others mm-hmm. and we found what's worked, and continues to influence our lives, then that, that's who I want to be. That's who I want to seek as a guide. Mm-hmm. Somebody who is doing the work, is honest about it, continues to see that there's more work to be done. Mm-hmm. 
and can also show me show me a more direct path to where it is that I want to go. Yeah, this has taken me a long time. And I can offer to men in six weeks what's taken me six years plus. Wow. And not in totality, but in, in a very manageable process. And, you know, one thing that I would choose to believe about myself is that there's nobody better to guide men through this than me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because I am willing to keep doing the work. And my track record shows that I've done it and that I, that I am the man that I say I am in all times and all places, you know, and um, my son gets to experience that in, in real time a lot that I don't hide myself even from my 10 year old. I'm an adult and there's obviously things about my life that he doesn't know, but that's because he's 10, but he gets to see me be the same person in front of you. And when we're hanging out with our friends and he's watched me speak dozens of times and I'm, I choose to just be the man that I say I'm going to be, even when that, even when I'm not ultimately proud of that person, mm-hmm. I'm still willing to to admit that I may I may have messed up or I, I made a mistake or, you know. And so the confidence that I have in me being in the absolute best guide for this kind of work is infinite. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I know that you, the, the reason people trust you is the same. The reason that your clients come back to you time and time again and the reason that you're sought out is because you're willing to be who you are for all of the people. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, I know that you give a beautiful gift of yourself to people, and I, I just hope to do the same. Well, I, you already are. I, I see you out there. <laughs> I've gotten to know you, and, and uh, last time we were on uh, together, we talked about our, our love for Jordan, who introduced us. Mm-hmm. And simply just reached out on Instagram and said, you two need to know each other. Mm-hmm. And we quickly realized that she was spot on. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm grateful for the opportunity to have you come and talk about InLayer today. I, I have this kind of burning, I don't know if it's a question or a thought, but as we're chatting, I'm thinking some some of what people have said to me when they've given me feedback about witnessing my journey the last several years, becoming a the best version of myself for today, mm-hmm. right? is that I'm extraordinarily self-reflective. Mm. So like you, I'm wired for growth. And I've had to really learn to sit in the pause and the um, being patient that, you know, it doesn't always have to be about growth all the time. Mm. I think that comes from trauma. And I think that comes from the ch- the childhood that I experienced, mm-hmm. that I always feel like I need to be better, do more, prove yourself. Mm-hmm. And I've come to realize, you know what? It's okay. <laughs> to just be fine with where I'm at Mm -hmm. is for you, not your clients and in my participants, but for you, is it self-reflection? Is it growth? Is it peace? Is it love? Is it worthiness? What do you think for you is um, that sweet spot uh, at the end of the day? And then that sweet spot at the end of your life. The sweet spot at the end of my life, I hope, is just peace. At the end of the day, the sweet spot for me is in choosing to believe that all of these things I've done in my life haven't been in vain. Mm-hmm. That that I'm willing to use the power of my story to better myself and to better the world around me and to be a better example for my son and to be a better person to the people that, that get close to me 
that it all had some meaning when it's all said and done. Uh, time is so finite and, and, uh, I just don't want it to be worth nothing when it's over. Yeah. Well, you're, you're doing the work, my friend, <laughs> and I'm grateful for you being willing to say, I know I, I'm doing it and I have a, sh- not a shortcut, that wouldn't be fair, but I've taken six years worth of personal growth and uh, introspection and trials and tribulations and I've found a way to condense it so that in six weeks, mm-hmm. somebody can be um, offered the insights and the opportunity to, again, be a better version of themselves and be real mm-hmm. with, with themselves and the people in their, in their life. So thank you for that. One more time where we can find you. It's Instagram.com and it's Dennis Gable. Yep. And then uh, in Liar. Uh, is that a website? Oh, yeah, inlier.xyz. Yeah. I've never used the XYZ. Uh, it, it was easy to find inlier just by itself that way. So perfect. Yeah, yeah very good. And then also dennisgable.com mm-hmm. as well. Yep. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Yeah. It's always a pleasure. Looking forward to our next conversation. Me too. You've been listening to Phoenix Business Radio, broadcasting live from Max 6 Entrepreneurial Center right here in Tempe, Arizona. Some business leans left, some lean right, and we lean growth and self-introspection. Until next time, I'm Karen Nowicki. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.